Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined by my co-host and star of the show, Kelly Franco through KFT. And this is a date in October with KFT, episode 210, I believe, on our network today. Um, can't believe we've gotten so many in thus far. Um, but before we begin with our show, uh, Kelly, welcome you back to your show. And I'll give a little message to our audience uh, before we begin, if that's okay. That's great, Dave. And I'm so happy to be back. So to our 19,500 subscribers trying to get to 20,000 this week, make sure you continue to download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. If you do that, we will battle the podcast world analytics just like they do in baseball. and We can keep providing you great content like we do every week on this show. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher, that's where you can find us. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Kelly also has her social mediums going. Continue to support her on there. I get back to all audience members privately, almost 800 today. Um, but I will get back to one person live on Facebook every day. We're in 72 countries now, grassroots all the way to MLB front offices, just trying to build a better baseball IQ. And at the request of our audience members, which is we do the show for you guys, I will read our disclaimer to new listeners, just prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truths about baseball. Sometimes we get into life as this program, like all our other programs, just has no time for the comforting lies out there. So we're going to hit you straight between the eyes today. And uh, Kelly, you want to start off? We'll start off with top of the first, or you got something for the audience before we, we get going? I do, Dave. Today in the top of the first, I thought I'd talk about Luis Arise hovering around 400. Now, every baseball fan knows that the last player to hit 400 was Ted Williams in 41, or should I say hit over 400. And that was, of course, an incredible year for baseball. And right now we're seeing Luis Arise of the Marlins flirt with it. And it is refreshing for the fans because let me tell you, Dave, what are we sick of? We are sick of the three true outcomes. Are you tired of that or what? Oh, I'm, that's, I have one outcome. I just turn the TV off when I see that. I can't stand it. It's, you know, you got to see uh, Billy Ripken did a nice piece online. I, I, I kind of retweeted it, uh, shared it on Facebook where he talked about uh, the way Arise is approaching hitting, which is the way, again, not to sound like an old person, but the way we did it in my day as a professional player and a college player, he's got a 10 degree difference in terms of his launch angle is the optimum way to hit the baseball 10 degrees up or 10 degrees down um, line drives up the middle are still the way to go and, and not, not striking out. That's the, that's the joke that I always tell on the air is they always talk about batting average on balls put in play. Well, what's the batting average on balls not put in play zero. Right. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I, that's my, that's a long answer to a sore topic for me as well. Yeah. I'm still tired of the three true outcomes. And you know how many strikeouts Luis Arise has so far this year? 15. And yeah. you know how many home runs he has? This is my favorite. He's got three. Yeah. It's fantastic and to watch. It's old school. And Dave, you're 
a coach and you know more about the mechanics of hitting the ball than I'll ever know, but I can speak as a fan. And as a fan, this is delightful. It's fun to watch. It's contact hitting. Talk about being old. We Willie Keeler said hit them where they ain't. And that's exactly what he's doing. And another thing I like about it is it's a story. It's a storyline to follow this season. It gets fans excited. And as a fan, one of the things I like most about the game are the stories of the game. So now with him flirting with 200, what do we do? We talk about not only Ted Williams, but I remember watching George Brett try to do it. We talk about Rod Carew. We talk about Tony Gwynn and the heartbreak of the 94 strike shortened season. All these things about baseball, it's the stories that bring us together. And you know what? It just reminds me that I love baseball, but I also love the people that I watch baseball with. And if I can sit down and have a nice conversation about how fun it is to watch this guy play, then it's just a nice thing to do. No, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, the storyline. It goes against the grain right now with what baseball is trying to promote. And I, I love that. I mean, you mentioned a lot of big names that flirted with it. You, you think about it he dropped four or five points by going one for three um, one day. Then he came back with, and if you look at the, the names in this group, I know Ty Cobb is one of them, but there haven't been too many guys that have had multiple five hit games in a month. And, and he's done that. Uh, he did that in this, this month already. So, uh, you know, great present day comparisons to not that far in the past, but going back to, t- to Ted Williams, I mean, he, uh, he was under 400 going into his last uh, doubleheader, if people don't remember. And he was at 399.9 or something like that. And he didn't want to hit 400 that way. So he played in that doubleheader. If I remember, I think he went six for eight um, to put him at 406. So yeah, a lot of great stories to happen. I agree with you. And as Bull Durham on the movie Bull Durham, we say strikeouts are fascist. So, um, you know, that's I, I like what's going on with, with Luis's story. I really do. That's a great quote. And, you know, I just can't let this go without giving a hats off to Kim Ang, the Marlins GM who traded for Rice after the 2022 season. And that trade hasn't worked out for the Twins, but it has sure worked out for the Marlins. Sure. And even going back, you know, I think it's a, I'm glad that he, again, I don't like the phrase prove people wrong. He's proven himself right. And he's proven the believers in him right. And I'm glad that he fought against the grain because you see guys like Volpe right now who his swing is what got him, his, his ability to hit, his way to hit, got him to be a professional player and the opportunity in the big leagues. And now they've changed that poor guy's swing into Launch Angle City and he's, you know, not even hitting 200 right now. And it's a shame. I'm glad Arise stuck to his guns right there. And I don't know if you remember this, you're a history buff in baseball. 1941, Ted Williams, you know, hit 406, as you, you mentioned. That's the same year DiMaggio got his 56-game hit streak. How would you like to hit 400 to be the last one and not win the MVP? Right. Joe D got the MVP that year. And it, it was a heck of a year for baseball. But it just reminds me of how important baseball is to our American history. 1941, at that time, World War II had started and we were on the brink of our involvement. We weren't involved yet. But the world was torn apart. And not to sound cheesy, but baseball brought us together, and that's what it can do. 
Yeah, agreed. Agreed 100%. But uh, yeah, I like the top of the first. I know that was a that was a late week switch. I think initially you'd mentioned the Reds, but Luis Arise deserves top billing on top of the first today without question. You've got a deep topic for the the center of our show today. And this, like, as you said, with the mechanics of, of baseball, I may know far more than you'll ever know. So on this topic, I'm going to reverse that on you because you will know far more on this than I will. I will probably represent the layman here with questions I ask in regards to this because the things that you'll bring up, I think my um, perspective on it may represent the 19,000 plus listeners that may want to learn more of, of what you're going to talk about with this Diamond Sports Group. Who are they? Diamond Sports Group owns a bunch of these regional sports networks, which we call RSNs. And I thought, you know, we hear this alphabet soup of RSNs and the fact that Diamond Sports Group is in bankruptcy right now and how it's affected by the cable cord cutting. And I thought that maybe I could give a little overview of how that ecosystem works and then look at it from the perspective of DSG wanting to break their contracts with some of these individual clubs and how it presents these clubs and MLB with a new new opportunity of distributing games to consumers. No, I think it's great because we're all affected by it. I mean, I, I remember watching, again, not to sound old, but the Yankees were on one channel when I was a kid growing up. And the Red Sox run another channel. Being in upstate New York, I was able to get both games. And the Mets run a third channel. And all you did was click that button on the, the little push button uh, channel changer, not like we have today. But now right. it's like it's like solving a, a, the Rubik's Cube to find out what channel the Yankees are on every night. And uh, I'm glad you're going to lend some insight into not just that particular club, but uh, maybe all of Major League Baseball since our contingency represents you know a global network here. So so DSG, you got into a little bit, um, you know, again, just maybe touch quick on who they are and um, that you mentioned bankruptcy. How do we watch? I mean, how, how are we watching the game right now? How is it going to affect how we watch it? Sure. So these DSG, Diamond Sports Group, owns these regional sports networks, which we abbreviate as RSNs. So the RSNs are the TV channels that carry the local sports games. And the RSN buys the rights to broadcast the game from the teams. So the clubs, the individual clubs, make money by selling their broadcasting rights to the RSN. So the RSN pays the club. So how does the RSN make money? Well, the RSN goes to cable TV and charges the cable company a fee to show the games. And how does the cable company make money? Well, they make money off you and me. They charge all of us that have the RSN in our cable package a fee. And that's the circle of life. We pay cable, cable pays the RSN, and the RSN pays the club. That ecosystem is now in crisis mode. The simple reason it's in crisis mode is because viewers have been cutting the cord for various reasons. I mean, if you look at, I, I know you've got kids, you look at the young generation and they did, they're not really into cable. They want to watch everything on their phone. If they can't watch it on their phone, they don't want to watch it. And then you look at people my age and older, and we're kind of getting tired of paying, I pay 200 bucks a month for my cable to get the Yankees and Mets channels. 
And I, I posted a video on this on my Twitter page last week and a shameless self-promotion. It's at three inning fan on Twitter. You can see my video. I get cranky when I sit down on a Friday night and I'm ready to watch the game. And all of a sudden I can't find it because it's not on the cable channel. I'm paying $200 a month for it's on some streaming service that requires another paid subscription. So people are getting cranky and they're cutting the cable cord. And that is leading to this issue with Diamond Sports Group. Diamond Sports Group bought all these RSNs in 2019 in a highly leveraged deal. They paid $10, $11 billion for it. But whatever they paid, they leveraged about $8 billion of it. So they have a lot of debt to pay on these RSNs that they bought. And on top of paying the debt on the highly leveraged deal, they have to pay the clubs the broadcasting fees. So we circle back to people cutting their cords from cable and DSG is making less money because cable's making less money. And so in March, Diamond Sports Group filed for bankruptcy in Texas federal court. And that's where we are now. So I know MLB took over. Was it the Padres games? Is it they? Did I read that right? Or is it the Reds? 100%. DSG's first missed payment for broadcasting rights was in May to the Padres. And, you know, we all know the Padres spent big last offseason, right? So they need the money. And it's a little bit hush-hush exactly what Diamond Sports Group was paying them for the rights fees. But in the bankruptcy court, the figure of $52 million was thrown around as to what DSG was paying the Padres for broadcasting rights this year. So DSG missed the payment to the Padres. MLB stepped in right away to broadcast the Padres games. The Padres games are on MLB TV, and MLB cut deals with DirecTV, Cox, and Spectrum to air the Padres games. Now, this is what the industry calls DTC, direct-to-consumer distribution of games. And what's interesting about it is MLB has arranged to have those games aired without blackouts. So the Padres games are being shown to the local Padres fans. Well, that's what we all want right there. Um, So two, two things, and I'll, I'll throw the two words out there that I think probably our audience needs clarity on. Um, First one is bankruptcy. There's two different kinds. And I think it, you know, it's important to know which one DSG applied for because it does have uh, their abilities to reemerge. And then the blackouts, blackouts just plain out stink. Um, that's not how we want to uh, be around baseball. So st- start with the bankruptcy. What did they, which one did they apply for? What does that mean? And, and what does that mean for us? And then hit the blackouts after that. Sure. There are two types of bankruptcies that a corporation can file for. There's Chapter 7 and there's Chapter 11. In a Chapter 7, the the assets of the company are completely sold off. They're liquidated. Think about companies that just went away, like Caldor. Now, DSG didn't file for Chapter 7. They filed Chapter 11. In a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the company's trying to renegotiate their debt and emerge from bankruptcy still in business. They want to keep going. Chapter 11 is a reorganization. 
So DSG wants to reorganize its debts and emerge. It's asking creditors to renegotiate their debts and is asking the clubs to renegotiate the contracts it has for broadcasting rights. Now, MLB has pretty much said, no, we're not going to let you renegotiate them. And they've been backed up by the court so far. And DSG also wants the clubs to hand over, to some degree, these DTC, direct-to-consumer rights. That's basically the right to stream games. Because Diamond Sports Group is saying, you know what, we can't make the money on cable like we thought we could. So we've got to have the right to stream games, and then we can make some money. And MLB is saying, no, 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 we're not doing that. Generally, at this point, most of the clubs still own their own streaming rights. There are a couple of clubs that have sold their streaming rights. I think the Brewers might be one of them, but most of the clubs are still holding on to them. And MLB is not anxious to give them away to DSG. So when we look at this in the big picture, we have a scene where as soon as they didn't pay the Padres, MLB said, forget about it, we're taking over. And then we just had a development a few days ago where DSG said they weren't going to pay the Diamondbacks. And so I think we got to wonder, is MLB going to step in and bail out the Diamondbacks? It seems to me if they do it for one team, they got to do it for all of them. And then we have to look at whether or not this is a sustainable model for MLB. How many of the teams right now, I might understand that DSG is responsible for for uh, showing all other clubs now except for the Padres and I guess the Diamondbacks. So they're in good standing with the other clubs or did their de- declaration of bankruptcy absolve them of any type of financial responsibility? They have 14 uh, RSNs for Major League Baseball. They have some for other sports too. The ones that we're watching closely right now are, interestingly, the Rangers. They actually made their payment to the Rangers last week. So they must see some economic viability in their deal with the Rangers that I'm guessing they might not see with the Padres or the Diamondbacks. And then the other teams that have a payment coming due in July are the Guardians, the Twins, and the Reds. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that goes. Now, and again, this is maybe a poor assumption on my part, but we're talking millions and billions of dollars right here. And the fact that they're not getting the return they thought on their investment, wanting streaming to be added now, does, and then them, as you mentioned, the difference between the two bankruptcies, uh, you know, chapter 11 versus seven, would, would they not have, would this, would this kind of be an, a, an intentional calculated risk that they took, knowing that if they couldn't cut the bills uh, with streaming not included, that they just file Chapter 11 and assume they could renegotiate? That may have been the case. It's hard to know what was going through their minds. But filing for bankruptcy gives you a little bit of leverage sometimes because you're saying, you know what, we can't pay the debts we have, but if you're willing to renegotiate, you'll get something instead of getting nothing. Yeah. And so the bankruptcy judge, his name is Chris Lopez. He didn't let them off the hook. And he said in a hearing that they were obliged to pay their contracts. But I think that, and he also said that he didn't have the power to hand over any direct to consumer rights. 
But he did encourage the parties, Major League Baseball and DSG, to try to work something out. So who knows? Maybe they will. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's almost like what we talk about on some of our other shows with the amount of money being placed on some of these pitchers that have been shut down for the year or maybe for life, that they it's it's unimaginable that that amount of money could be thrown around, as you talked on your last show too, without insurance policies. I mean, gosh, it seems to be a, a common theme with these business people running our pastime here. So, so with with um, you know blackouts now, and, and I guess to, to kind of just start at ground zero, what are the blackouts? How often are we seeing them? How and why do they happen? Um, and, and how is that hurting this deal and maybe the game? The blackouts are a vestige of cable, really. And as fans, it's the bane of our existence. But this is how it came to be. They were originally designed to protect the RSN because if you could stream your local team, you wouldn't get cable. So it was protection for the cable companies. So this is the system we're stuck with right now. And I was astounded in the comments to the video I posted on Twitter last week that referenced my frustration at the current system of paying for cable. And then there's a game of whack-a-mole where all of a sudden your game's on streaming or MLB TV and you can't find it. There are areas where six teams are blacked out. People were chiming in from Vegas. Six teams were, were blacked out there or from the Midwest. There were areas where five, six teams were blacked out. That's basically one-fifth or one-sixth of Major League Baseball it's a terrible way to try to grow the fan base of the game, Dave. And so I'm hoping, and maybe I'm Pollyanna, but I'm hoping that as MLB steps in during this Diamond Sports Group bankruptcy and changes the way that we see games, I think it's an opportunity for them to totally revamp the system so fans can have an easy to use method to watch the games. And I don't know what that is, but they have smart people who can figure it out. I think one way to do it might be through MLB TV, where the fan does one-stop shopping. Maybe they pay a subscription through MLB TV and it's a portal to various streaming services where they can watch the game, but no blackouts. Blackouts aren't conducive to growing the fan base. And it's ridiculous. There's no good reason not to let fans watch the team they want to watch. Yeah, it's a you you mentioned it's a it's a money grab and it's to protect. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I can't see a reason why Major League Baseball would, would want to farm this out when they could keep everything in house. However, their recent business models have not. You know, I wouldn't say that they're designed to build the fan base. It's kind of the opposite with the reduction of the minor league systems. There's no business model in the world where you reduce your entry point um, by, you know, by the level that they did to grow the game. That's the, the direct opposite. And this seems to be a similar pattern of behavior here. So do you, are you thinking that, you know, I guess looking at the silver lining here, bankruptcy and this disruption is bad for baseball, but you think it could result possibly in a new, new redistribution model? Yes, I think MLB is at a crossroads right here in terms of how it can, you know, have its clubs distribute the games. And it's a mess right now. It's a rat's nest. 
but it's an opportunity. And, you know, you referenced when we grew up that we could just find the game on TV and we didn't have to pay for it. And if it wasn't on TV, it was on the radio and that was fine too, but we didn't have to pay for it. And I think as fans, we've come around to the idea that we have to pay to watch games. I'm not happy with it, but that's the way it is. And I think most fans have accepted that. But I think fans have a right to say, you know what? This has got to be economically feasible and it's got to be consistent. It's got to be easy to find the game. Yeah. There, and a theme maybe we can touch on in, in future shows, baseball itself is pricing fans and future players out of the game with the reduction of the minor league systems. People talk about that's jobs, but that's where people learn how to be fans too at the minor league level. They learn how to be players. They learn how to be fans. And then with the amount of money that's being charged for kids uh, to come and play baseball now, it used to be a you know lower middle class sport. Everybody could play baseball. Now it's it's a lot like tennis used to be, where you had to be upper class privileged to play the game. You have to have that that kind of reserve to let your child play the game. So again, common themes with baseball. Um, I hate I, I doubt highly it's coincidence, uh, but I hope they they get this redistribution model intact. I mean, do, do you have any thoughts, ideas? Maybe we can start the think tank here and give them a give them a thought or idea that pushes them in the right direction. Yeah, my idea is that there should be basically one-stop shopping where the fan can subscribe to one program, say it's MLB TV, and then I understand that MLB TV might want to farm it out, some to Peacock, some to Amazon Prime, you know, wherever it wants to send it, it can do the dirty work on the backside but the fan can come into MLB TV, maybe pay one price if they just want to see their local teams or have a couple of different level packages if they want to see a broader swath of games and pay one price, log on to MLB TV, see the game, and MLB has to do the work on the backside of deciding how they throw some games to Apple TV+, Plus, how they throw some to Amazon, and so on. Yeah. Keep it simple. Because honestly, and this may be more of an indictment on me than anything else, but I'm 50 years old. When I turn on, when I want to watch a game or even if there's a rare rare show that I want to watch and it's not on what I already pay for, um, and I have to down, even if the app's free, I have to download another app. I just don't watch it. Um, It's just the the extra added pain in the butt of doing that is uh, kind of deters. So, you know, is is there anything else you want to add that maybe I forgot to ask with this whole DSG debacle that's going on before we move on to our last segment? You know, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. So I know, and you never share with me before um, what you're, what you're talking about here, but you you like to end your shows with what's, what's great to eat while watching a game. Um, what, what's your, what's your choice this week? The last time we had the, the burger, everybody was talking about that. Even Sal approved. I thought Sal would, would, would battle you on that. So he, he even stuck with you on the burger and the, the tequila. So. Very shocked there. (laughs) I am so glad that was Sal approved. Um, So this week, I would like to talk about sausage and peppers. I think sausage and peppers is a great thing to eat while watching a game. I cook mine up and I like to put it on what we call up here in the Northeast, a sub or a grinder. Um, I think it could be called a hoagie in other parts of the country. But I pack those sausage and peppers onto a roll. 
I put some Pecorino Romano cheese on it with a heavy hand, hunker onto that couch, pour, your pour yourself a glass of maybe a Sicilian wine, and spend 20 minutes trying to figure out what channel the game's on. And then you're blacked out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... No, that's good. I know we get, we actually, I, you know, again, it's a different format and uh, got a lot of response to the food the last time. So apparently our audience is, is food happy as well. So, well, uh, great show. I know, I know you've got to appear in court today, so I don't want to keep you, keep you too long, but any parting shots to our audience, uh, tips, uh, teases for next show, anything, how they, how they can follow and support you. Oh, thanks so much, Dave. I would love to have them along on my Twitter and Instagram feeds. I am at three inning fan. Three is all spelled out and they can follow along. And I've got a nice video that will come down on Saturday that will celebrate a special holiday only Mets fans know about. Yeah. And I think, uh, and I won't spoil it, but if our, our audience goes back and listens to Len Furman when we had him on a guest as a guest uh, a week or so ago, the sports time traveler, he's working on a project as well that has to do with that too. So um, Mets fans will, will have to stay tuned. How often are you, uh, are, you, are you putting stuff on Twitter? Is it set days or is it just when you have, have the thought come out? It's usually one day a week and my videos are all under two minutes because I figure who doesn't have 90 seconds to learn something new about baseball. And I love sports radio. I really do. But sometimes I listen to it for 20 minutes and I think, gosh, I, I don't really know what I learned in that 20 minutes. So I like to make just 90 seconds, two minutes where someone can learn a juicy tidbit about the game. But not on this network, right? You listen all 45 minutes on this network. Oh, yeah. My life's dedicated to it, Dave. <laughs> all 19,000 plus subscribers are with you on that. So, no, uh, Kelly, thanks for another great show today. I know as I do, our audience as well got smarter today. Uh, this was a topic that I had very little knowledge on coming in. And um, my anxiety is down a little bit knowing, you know, how the blackouts happen and what's happening in the court systems. But Thanks again for a great show. I know we'll be back with you in two weeks, correct? We do it every two weeks with you on, on your show here. You bet. Okay. And I said episode 210 at the beginning. It's episode 211. So I shorted this one episode on our Real Voices of the Game productions um, with our one of our newest shows right here, A Date in October with KFT. Uh, but I want to message with our audience uh, before we depart 19,500 faithful subscribers, hoping to get to 20,000 by the end of the week. Make sure you download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. We can keep providing you great content like we just did on this show every single week. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are our streaming apparatuses. If you have another one, let us know. We won't black you out, I promise you. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit us up on all three of those with our network. I'll get back to everybody privately. We went over 800 while we were on this show. It was popping up on my phone. Um, so I'll get back to one person live each day, 72 countries, grassroots to MLB front offices. All we're trying to do is build a better baseball IQ. And as I do at the request of our audience, just remind new listeners, just prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truths out there about baseball. And sometimes life, we talked a little bit of the legal world today as this program, like all of our other programs, just has no time for the comforting lies. We're going to hit you straight between the eyes. Kelly, thanks so much for your show. We appreciate what you do for the network and good luck in court today. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon. Thanks.